You know, there are some women who, when they turn 50, it's like they're just shot out of a cannon. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> we had so much fun hearing about Lisa's journey and her tremendous energy and her talent. Don't you think, Lisa? I totally agree. And just so you know, this is not me, Lisa. We're talking about Lisa Stedman. Lisa Stedman is a best-selling author and a podcast host of the brand new podcast called Welcome to Midlife, which I highly recommend, by the way, along with ours, of course. Um, and I also want you to know, when we reference Lisa D in this upcoming episode, we're talking about me. And when we just say Lisa, we're talking about Lisa Stedman. That's right. So listen in, ladies. You're going to have so much fun hearing the three of us, the three L's. Yes, right. Lisa, Lisa, and Linda. It's like a, a law firm. Um, <laughs> we just had a lot of fun. We laughed a lot, too. All right. All so right. enjoy this one. Enjoy. Welcome to Living Visibly Over 50, a podcast where we chat about how to use your beauty and style to show up and be visible in a culture that says it's not our time to shine anymore. I'm Lisa. And I'm Linda. You know, the most precious time in your life starts right now. Together, Lisa and I explore all the beauty and style tools available to women over 50 that keep us connected to our feminine energy. So this is fun. Today, we're interviewing Lisa Stedman. And this is cool because I have heard, Lisa, I have heard of you for years, years of your work and just what you're doing online to help other businesses or what you, I know that you have pivoted into new and exciting things, which we'll get to. But Linda, you actually, my, like I was going to say, this is the first time I'm seeing you face to face. But Linda, you guys have a relationship before this. So how do you guys know each other? Well, Wait, you know, Lisa. I forgot to say. <laughs> yeah, a best-selling you know, author. Let me step back a bit. You can tell this. We don't write a script, right? Lisa is a best-selling author and a podcast host of Welcome to Midlife. <gasps> Phew. Okay. Take it away, <laughs> Linda. <laughs> Passing the hat. All right. So Lisa Stedman and I have a lot of history. And um, the, Lisa, the last time I saw you face to face, the only time we were the face to face. The only time. It was so good, Linda. <laughs> was when you and your husband were in Santa Fe with your concourse, your car, car tour. road trip. Yeah. And you stopped in Santa Fe and I met you downtown and we had so much fun. It was the quickest visit ever. I literally had like an hour. It was so hilarious. It was the end of our Audi TT cruise. We all have little Audi TT cars, little convertibles, or not some of them have hard tops, but um, we were wrapping up a 10-day tour of Colorado and New Mexico, and we oh. came to Santa Fe, and I was like, I need to see Linda Walden in person. That's, That's right. so cool. You made, that was a big effort to do that so. That was good. Yeah. Wonderful. And I had just moved there, so I had no idea... I had to meet Lisa downtown at her hotel. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know where I'm going. But and you know what we did? We went shopping. We did. <laughs> Duh. 
Duh. Oh my God. That was so fun to shop with you. Well, this is a great example of how online relationships can morph into real life relationships. And Linda and I, Linda, you and I met the same sort of the same way. So we did very cool. Yeah. I think online. uh, And by the way, I met my husband of over 20 years online on match.com. So that trumps all. Yeah. I'm a big believer in the power. I did not know that, but yeah. Yeah. He and I were match made in heaven and it took that online technology to bring us together. So I'm big believer, but Lisa, I had the honor and the privilege of enrolling in your brand booty camp program. I think it was 2015. Oh gosh, right? I mean, at least. At, at least. least, oh yeah. Wait, before that, even. Uh, probably uh, 2015, 2015, yeah. 2015, somewhere around there. Yeah. And frankly, it, to me, it was the gold standard. What was the, you. can you tell us all what that yeah. was? Well, Lisa, do you want to tell us just briefly sure. what you did? Um, because I yeah. learned so much from you. Oh my gosh. I, so I loved brand booty camp. Brand booty camp was my signature program that I took um, entrepreneurs through mostly female entrepreneurs. I had a couple really incredible gentlemen clients too, though. Um, And brand booty camp was the signature on-ramp program to help entrepreneurs find their voice, figure out what they wanted to say and how to say it and how to market it and how to message it and how to package it. And it was really step-by-step and it was really a deep dive into who you are as a person, as well as who you are as a business and a brand. And that piece and part of my business, I cherish to this day. Um, and the clients are like, I, I don't really play favorites, but I do. Linda's one of my favorites. Uh, (laughs) There are some clients that I'm still friends with and connected with from that program. Yeah. And the the key is, I think, you know, the teacher comes when you are ready. And Lisa D., And I had the same experience. I was the teacher and she was ready for the color program that I taught. Right. But Lisa Stedman's course, I basically copied the format because it was all virtual. And that was a very new thing. We didn't have Zoom back then. That's so true. It was so new. We had none of this. I remember I was on instant teleseminar. It was audio. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was so long ago, but yeah, it was audio only. And I will say, I remember um, even like as a new entrepreneur and doing instant teleseminar where maybe three people would attend your trainings. And I remember how humbling that was, but also like, no, 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 this is great training for one day when there's hundreds of people listening, you know, and that training served me so well throughout. I mean, to this day, I still, you know, I moderate and I host webinars at work and for charities and do fundraisers. And people are like, how did you get so good at this? And I'm like, people didn't even used to listen to me. (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) we did. Great training. Yeah. It's practice, practice, practice. I agree. Okay. So that's what you did several years ago. And then, um, but I want you to go back to your earlier career in, in Los Angeles, where you live. Yes. And tell us about uh, 
is it Disney or was it Barbie? Mattel? Mattel. So I Mattel. did. I did do some Isn't that great for Disney? But yes. So I was um, the I was the Barbie lover of Barbie lovers. Growing oh, up. we should have been best friends because. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. had every Barbie thing oh, there yes. was ever I to still, be had. And I still, I still have. have all the Barbies. And actually, I'm going to go out and get them because I think they're in the crappy garage. And I'm like, oh, they're probably not them. faring very well out there. No. I have save some in those my office, girls. but I need to go save them. <laughs> anyway, so I grew up loving Barbie. I mean, I'm still waiting to look like her. It's a little like you know, disheartening that like- No you know, one my, does. My that is the problem. Yeah. The, <laughs> At the, least the hips are wider than the boobs and at least fine. we can stand up on two feet so that's a good thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, Barbie really walk. couldn't yeah I can walk I can eat um but anyway so um in the early 2000s when the internet came around I was like as an aspiring writer or I was a freelance writer at that point I was like this internet is probably a good deal for someone like me who wants to write because now I have so many more opportunities to write and I actually got headhunted by a recruiter who connected me with Mattel. They were like, I don't know if you like Barbie. And I was like, oh, ah! you know? I mean, it was a dream job. People would like, cause there were a few jaded people at Mattel. So people would look at me as I was like loving my job. And they're like, you have the dream. Well, I was like, it's amazing. Oh my God. It was incredible. And I branded, so I didn't, I, I basically, I got hired to build a new brand for Mattel, which was an adult doll collector line because at the time Mattel did not oh. have one. And wow. they were looking at people who were um, like independent doll designers making boatloads off customizing dolls for, for adults like me who would pay for them. Wow. So I helped them launch, grow, and, and I mean, it just exploded. We went from, you know, zero to, we launched our website. We had a million visitors a month. Um, it made, I think, $9 million in its first year uh, of the brand. But more importantly than that, and this is what I always come back to is, was such, so foundational for me and everything I do is it really came back to, like, I, it started here where I was like, none of this matters if we don't understand this audience, you know, like you can say you want to build this brand and you want to make money from these, these people, but until we understand them, we can't do any of that. And I really understood that. And I went to doll conventions and I connected with doll collectors. I still get Christmas cards from, from some of my Ken collectors. Like, I mean, it's been 20 years, 22 years now, and we're still friends. Um, but I really said, this is so important that I need to deeply understand this community. And that is the thing that has stuck with me throughout my career mm. is a reverence for the people that, yes, we're selling to them, but a reverence for their passion. I That's think really, that yeah. applies to life, to whatever we're doing, right? Totally, right. Yeah. And then um, from there, is that when you segued into your own entrepreneurship? Yes. So while I was there, I was at Mattel for about three and a half years, um, three and a half, four years. I remember I was like, let me get to three years because I'm fully vested at three. Like that was my goal at the time. Like, let me get this awesome 401k matching thing. Um, so while I was there, I fell in love with a boy who worked three cubicles away. Oh. And that was so sexy and amazing in your late twenties. And you're like, oh, he thinks I'm cute. And, uh, you know, but then when you go through a breakup at work, it's not so oh. fun. 
That oh, would be nasty. Yeah. yeah. So he was taller than the cubicles and very loud and gregarious. So I couldn't escape him mm-hmm. after we broke up. Uh, and he was a lovely human. We were just not right for each other. Uh, so during this time, as I'm building this brand for Mattel, I'm also thinking and trying to get over him and I still see him and feel him and hear him. Um, I'm thinking, oh, there's something about this breakup space that I need to explore. And so that's I brilliant. Li- by I literally the way. was, thank you. I was literally launching a website while still working there. I hired my teammates to build my website for me because I worked in the web team. Um, and then one day, and, and I was really at this point, part of it was the breakup, but I'd gotten a new boss who didn't care about my reverence for our community, wanted me to just sell, sell, sell. And so I could see the writing on the wall. I was like, it's time for me to go, but I'm terrified to take a leap. And then a beautiful gift was put in my lap, which was that Mattel was suing a former doll designer for creating the Bratz for another company. <laughs> the Bratz, I, right. I actually have this doll, doll. The only Barbies in my office are designed by this particular designer because he's so talented. He had taken that idea to Mattel and Mattel had turned it down. So he had every right to go to a competitor, of which course. the law said. However, because of that, Mattel was demanding that all of its creatives sign away their ideas and say they all are owned by Mattel. By Mattel. Wow. At least that's what I read in, the, in yeah. the thing they wanted me to sign. And all my friends were scrambling to sign it because they wanted to keep their jobs. And I was like, I'm not signing that. And I literally went home that night after this big meeting where we heard what we needed to do, went home, logged into my 401k. I had just bought a condo. I, this was not my plan. Um, logged into my 401k and I was like, well, that's not what 401k is for, but you know what? I'm quitting. And I quit the next day. You know what, Lisa? I really like this. My takeaway is that your dream job was your dream job while it lasted, but everything changes. And you noticed that you were observant of it. You were paying attention and you took action, right? Always. Thank you. And that is something I will say I has been a gift to me throughout my life is I see the writing on the wall ahead of time. Brilliant. You don't and when I pay too attention, long. it serves me. When right. I don't pay attention, it kicks me in the ass. That's exactly. Right. Big two yeah. by four over your head sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. Wow. So the other thing that sort of uh, was kicked, kicked your butt is um, the fact that you raised your niece. Now, the thing is, um, I think it was while I was taking your online branding course, you were in the throes of raising your knees unexpectedly. And I, all of us women who were in your class, we were watching you deal with becoming a mother, instant mother. Now, Lisa D and I birthed our babies. So we had we, time. We had time to prep it. and prepare. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow. You guys had at least nine months. I had nine days. That's right. Uh, so yeah. Tell so, us that story. Yes. So I want to just preface, I want to finish the other story just for okay. a second, because yeah. I did leave my job. It wasn't sunshine and roses. You know, yeah. there was a lot of hiccups after leaving that job. Um, however, um, I launched the website literally the day after my last day of work, um, got a book deal. I mean, this all took time, but the short form is got a book deal, wrote some best-selling books about breakups. And in that journey realized, I don't want to spend the rest of my life talking to women about how shitty men are. Cause I don't believe that. Mm. And my book isn't about that. So while I was coaching women through breakups, 
a lot of my clients after they were over their breakup said, this business you've built is really cool. Can you teach me how to do that? So that's how I segued and kind of came full circle into my background is in branding. Now I'm going to do that. Okay. So that was where we got to. And I, I had a really beautiful, thriving business working with entrepreneurs and branding them. And Brand Booty Camp was a big part of that. Yeah. And around the same time, um, my husband, I had gotten married at that point. I'd met my husband. I had told him on our second date, you know what? Seems to be going reasonably well. You should know I don't want kids. And I had a lot of reasons for not wanting kids. A lot of them had to do with my own issues with my mother. Um, They also had to do with my own issues with my body. And I had had eating disorders. And I was really terrified of what getting pregnant would do to my body. um, Because I already had some some challenges physically. But really, I think when I look back in hindsight, I can say I didn't want to be vulnerable. And that's why I didn't want children. Mm. If I'm really honest, like it's Mm. so interesting. I was reading a piece of writing that I wrote before I got my niece. And that was the old me. It was so surface. It's got potential, but I'm like, oh, she wasn't going deep. (laughs) She she was good, but she wasn't going deep. Um, So yes, that husband who said, no problem. Kind of raised my little sister. Don't need kids of my own. You know, seven years into our relationship, we get a phone call from his mother, my mother-in-law, that that little sister that he allegedly helped raise was in jail for some very illegal things with her baby daddy, um, her one-year-old niece, our one-year-old niece, her daughter had been put in foster care. Ouch. And, you know, no one told us for five days. That's just kind of how my in-laws roll. And I didn't, I never wanted children, but we're, 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 I think we're a woo-woo group of Lindas and Lisas. So I will say that the minute I found out that sister-in-law was pregnant, my gut said, we're raising this baby. Yeah. Wow. Saw that coming. Oh, I just got chills. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Wow. So for sure. what I thought that meant, because I deeply felt that and understood that, like I would go to like psychics and they're like, you're having a baby. I'm like, I am, but I'm not, you know, <laughs> what I interpret that to mean was that my sister-in-law was going to move in with us and we were going to help her raise her baby. That was always what Mm. I thought that meant always to the point that when she, she asked me to be her labor coach and I was like, I don't, I don't have children, but I will do this for you. And when she and the baby ended up going home and we went to our house, I was like, I'm confused. Like I got very confused about what was happening because that's not what I thought was going to happen. Wow. And so for that year, I maybe saw my niece three or four times and I just kind of forgot. I was like, you know, I forgot that that was the vision. I was like, I must've been wrong, you know? And then I wasn't wrong. You weren't wrong. It just wasn't time yet. Oh my God. Yeah, it was a different plan. Uh, So with nine days notice, my husband and I ended up making a date on Valentine's day with children's courts. Wow. Um, I, it's, It's I'm so that journey has taught me so much. And one of the things that I don't often talk about, but I want to address right now is that moment of going into children's court. I remember the drive. I remember the building. I remember the, how many families there were. I remember the courtroom. I visually remember all of this. Well, I now mentor um, foster youth who are aging out of the system Mm. and to hear their stories of just tragic stories of that same building and those same courtrooms is heartbreaking because those journeys 
changed all of us, but they were always negative memories for those people, for the youth. Right. Of like going to court and having to like find another family or no one showing up for them or, and it's, it's fascinating because I have such a fond memory of that beginning of my journey, you know, and it's like, oh, for other people, this is such a painful moment of the journey. Oh boy. That is very, very deep and complex. Um, But going from a single married young woman to have it suddenly raising a child, it must change you. um, Because I know Lisa D and I, you know, we know our kids changed us for never to be go back. I mean, it's never to go back. Yeah. In good ways. In, in good, in really, all ways. In all ways. ways. Like in all I, ways. Very in true. In all good. Ways. So, right. I May always, I ask, how old is your niece now? I could do the math, but that's too much. She's 11 and okay. she's so spectacular. <laughs> she Great. knows everything now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she is my favorite. Like, don't tell my husband, but she is my favorite. <laughs> I mean, it's our so, secret. Yeah, and all our he listeners. knows, please. He knows. <laughs> Um, but, um, it, it cracked me open. It's as it does for everyone honest. And again, we get, I get really real on podcasts. So I'm going to be honest and say, I don't think I would love my own child as much as I love this child, because my own child for me would have felt like a burden. Whereas this child every day for 11 years has been a choice. Isn't it amazing what the universe will present us and knows that we need? So amazing. I just, and it's the same thing because I'm thinking now about fostering a dog and I'm like, I don't want my own dog. Like, (laughs) I I think I need that barrier, that like temporary permanence, you know, but. Well, and Lisa, (gasps) I recently, almost two years ago, became a grandmother for the first time. And I think it's kind of that same feeling where it's all good. You know, it's all joy. It's all good. I can't wait. I'm going to see him in a couple weeks. I can't wait for you to see him, Linda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been with him. Um, I know, but I know it's been challenging because it's been challenging with the pandemic, definitely. But it's that feeling of that joy that they bring in that addition. Right. In our lives. Yes. And and to be very real, um, not that we haven't been. I have been in this journey with my niece for, she's 11, so 10 years, really. And it hasn't all been beautiful or amazing. It's been the hardest fucking thing I've ever done. Well, Um, that's called parenting. I mean, really? That's really just it. Absolutely. (laughs) Wait till she wants to paint her room black. I think, Lisa D., you didn't go through that. I did did not go through that. Okay. I would love her paint her room black. You would love it, Lisa. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You would be all that. That's true. She colored her hair and she made her own color. She wanted red, but she combined two reds. Like she and I, I don't take credit for a lot, but I take credit for her expression because. I would, yes. camp, everything I've ever really done has been about, I grew up in a house where I couldn't be fully, fully and freely expressed. And I will yeah. forever fight to the death for people yeah. to be freely and fully expressed. That's what we're all about too. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Can, can I segue now a little bit? Um, I was listening. Is that okay? Are we at a good segue? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
I'm always afraid of cutting someone off. Uh, I was listening somewhere along the way. I was listening to the podcast that you and Linda did on your podcast, Lisa. Welcome to mid. Welcome to midlife, right? Yes. And um, I loved it, by the way. I. I think everyone should listen to that podcast. There were so many amazing takeaways in that. I could do another podcast on it, but (laughs) it was either that or I was reading some scrolling through some of your Instagram posts. I saw that you recently turned 50. Yes. And yes, (laughs) congratulations, by the (laughs) way. Thank you. Happy to be here. Absolutely. You made it. It's a good thing. And what I also love is that we have you just hit 50. I just hit 60. Lindy, you're about to hit 70. We have those Correct. three decades yes. covered right here. It's yeah. pretty awesome. And we yeah. are thriving. I love it. For sure. So I want to know, how do you think that transformed you emotionally, physically, spiritually, anything that you've noticed yet? I mean, it's, I think it's fairly new still being oh, 50. Yeah. So what do you think? First, let me say that my husband listened to the podcast of Linda and myself and literally was walking around the house with his headphones on going like with yeah. his thumb up. <laughs> it was good. He pulled his headset aside and said, I love that she said like in your 20s, you can wear a paper bag. And <laughs> you. Like he was just cracking. Up. I was on. Yeah, oh, you were. So much Linda, fun. you dropped several truth bombs and Lisa, oh, so you, many. I have so many, I, I have so many notes that I took and I didn't, anyways, yeah. see that would be great there, off on another tangent. She's so, a great host. Really good, great host. good episode, great podcast. Facilitate. Yeah. So thank you. I love facilitating yeah. powerful conversations. So turning 50 now feels fantastic, but for six months leading up to it, I was convinced my life was over. Oh, Oh, yeah. And, and I, I wasn't even aware how debilitating that was, but I, I started to pay attention to the thoughts in my head. And as, as you know, six months, five months, four months, birthdays coming, birthdays coming. And part of it was that the body has expanded and it's like, I missed the body I had before. Part of it was that the sex life has, has slowed and I missed the sex life before. And part of it is that people in the real world start treating you differently. They do. They do. And Which is why we, we named this living visibly because it yes. is so true. Become so invisible. I really, and I still have dreams that I have not accomplished yet. So I was like, oh, it's over for me. I didn't get where I wanted to go. Like I really was, I, I, I heard it and I saw it and I was like, Lisa, <laughs> like checking in <laughs> with myself. And I asked myself some really important questions. Have you felt this way about any of your friends or family who've turned 50? No. Have you felt this way about anyone in the world who's turned 50? No. So what is it about you turning 50 that means you're going to be, it's, it's over for you. And I really checked in with that and connected with that. And I couldn't come up with anything real, anything <laughs> tangible. Well, it's still new. Well, but still it was, it, so it was, but it was great that I couldn't come up with anything new and yeah. tangible. And then I also thought, I don't want to teach any young woman who's watching me turning 50 that right. it's over yeah. for her. And it's over, right? So exactly. I thought, how can I model? How can I shift? I got three months to my birthday. How can I shift in the next three months so that I am embracing what I'm entering so that I'm looking forward yes. to it? And I literally heard myself change how I talked in the world. 
I have colleagues who are much younger and I've stopped saying, well, I'm old, like as right. a funny uh-huh. thing. Right. I now call myself more mature. I'm like, I'm a little more mature, lady. Or I'll say I'm older because we yeah, all I are just, older. I just we all really, get older. Older, I, I don't like the word. It doesn't okay. work for me. Then so, that's important. Yeah. And so I found that instead of being like, I'm old, you know, whatever it was, I was like, you guys, I'm going to be 50. Like I really started to get them on my train because I was getting myself on my train. And we threw a blowout 50th birthday party for me in our backyard. We hired, I mean, it was probably more expensive than our wedding. Um, (laughs) We hired a caterer and like just had just a collection of friends. Everyone had to be vaxxed and, you know, all of that. But it was such an exceptional caterer, bartender, servers. I mean, it was an exceptional evening that will go down in history as one of the best times of my life because I was with my favorite people or most of my favorite people that you could yes that I could be with um and it was it was fantastic and I have been embracing 50 ever since and I would say when you hit the next decade go for it again same yeah Yeah. I'm gonna take the (laughs) same well you right Lisa I need you to talk to me next year when I'm turning 70 yes yes I'm gonna try not to flip out because Where are you going to start now with your self-talk and changing the way you talk to yourself yeah. like Lisa did? Yeah, but I because truly look think at you yeah. and, how you, I know. and how you feel. So it's not just that you yeah. look amazing, Linda. Thank you. But like, you're such a spectacular woman. Like, that right. thank you. <laughs> right. How you get better. Put yourself in the world. I do too. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, okay. So we're talking about our outer self. Mm -hmm. And when we turn 50, we sort of feel like we are becoming a little invisible. And I still get that reaction sometimes. And I'll just kind I just laugh at it because I truly, truly believe that if we walk into a room at any age, we can own it. Totally. No matter what. I want people, like you were saying, Lisa, I want to walk into a room and have people go, wow, yes. look what our yeah. future can be. Yeah. I want that. And right? that's the only way I will walk into rooms. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> okay. So I am intrigued, you know, also by when women turn 50, how, what happens to the way they dress and express themselves? What happened with you? Did your style change or are you still like, you look fabulous, by the way. You do. Thank you. You're doing something right. Definitely. I invest in myself. So let me say that for two years, I have been wearing yoga leggings and, and, you know, Athleta sweatshirts. With the rest of the world. Yeah. (laughs) And I open my closet and look at my beautiful clothes and go, not today. Mm -mm. No. Um, So I haven't really put anything like that on. However, um, I went to New York recently and I booked myself an appointment at Diane von Furstenberg and was (gasps) like, I'm going for it. I don't care what it costs. Here's (gasps) my budget. I'm going to treat myself. And I did without apology. And I didn't even look at prices. And so I bought some beautiful pieces, not a lot, but some beautiful pieces that complement my body at this age and stage. They look better with some shapewear. So I'll wear my shapewear. (laughs) Um, 
but the prints but, and the patterns are yeah, yeah she's I amazing. am choosing to continue wearing my style which is a little chic and edgy yeah mm -hmm. I think I'm definitely leaning more into chic these days than edgy I let the hair be the edgy um so I'm I am not going gently into the good night um, <laughs> and the other thing I'll say Linda is that like as I was changing my narrative about 50 I spent a lot of time in your Facebook group uh, and I looked at the incredible women and their uh, incredible style. And I was so inspired. I found women I wanted to be, I mean, who yeah. are decades older than I am that I was yeah. like, yes, that's who I want to become. Like I aspire. Yeah. And that was really helpful to be like, yeah. oh, that's how you can wear something like that. Oh, that's how it looks. Okay. It was really freeing. I'm Linda, glad. Yeah. for those of us who are listening and are new and don't know your face group. The name is Style Styled Your Way to Success in Your Second Act. Thank you. I always forget mm -hmm. the exact name. So good. Mm -hmm. right. right. Yeah. So that is happening. And then obviously our skin, our body is changing. Your this is both of the Lisa areas of expertise. <laughs> Lisa and Lisa. Yeah. So go I've... for it, ladies. What... So self-care routines, how yeah. those changed, not just after 50, because again, that just yeah. kind of transitioned, but you know, in these past 40 going upwards towards 50, how's everything changed? You're nurturing self-care. Oh, well, what, the what pandemic you got? has helped with that because I definitely have more time, but right. However, I will say a couple things. One, um, I gave up caffeine because oh, I was oh. incredibly jittery and anxious. Okay. Um, and that has been radical self-care for me because I was a coffee, coffee, coffee person until it was margarita time, and you know, like <laughs> coffee all day, then margarita time. Ah. So giving up caffeine was huge self-care. Okay. Um, I meditate, I walk, I hike, I stopped exercising super intensely because it was stressing out my adrenals. I agree. Huh. Um, I have too. I got my hormones tested and found I was super low in testosterone. And this literally happened three weeks ago. Okay. I got my hormones tested because I just couldn't stop feeling so awful and anxious and overwhelmed um, yeah. and stressed over nothing. And got a little pellet put in my hip and you you probably know I am a different woman. I'm like, who is this calm, collected person? Yeah. I like, think that's key. Getting your hormones tested yes. key, and then taking action once again, taking yes. action. And then the other thing, because I work in skincare, uh, which is my day job, um, I have a whole team that keeps this propped up. <laughs> <laughs> You and me both. I have a whole crew of beauty advisors and beauty, my beauty helpers that I go to, yes. dermatologists, you know, everybody. it takes a village, right? It, it, takes, it takes a village. A village. <laughs> it takes a little bit more work than it used to. <laughs> it's a little more expensive, but we are yeah. worth it. But That's okay, right. That's what we work it. for. Right. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, so talking about transitioning, Lisa, you are still out there. And I love this new Welcome to Midlife podcast. And that's really why we wanted to bring you because we want to welcome our viewers or listeners to your podcast because it you delve into every everything midlife. 
right? Celebrate the goal. I really think if you are going to listen to two podcasts for midlife, (laughs) it should be yours. Yes. Welcome to midlife and ours living visibly over 50. You're going to have everything covered. You'd have it. It's so (laughs) true. I want, it started as conversations with my husband during the pandemic and I was like, well, this is interesting, but it can't just be us talking about this. And then we were going to do it together. And then I realized, oh, we're very creatively different. Uh Um, Our schedules would not align. And I realized, no, I want to do this alone. And so I asked for permission to do it alone. And he was like, do it, baby, do it. Like he's the biggest fan. Support. And I'm having so much fun having candid conversations about all the things that happen in midlife. All of, I really liked it. Now, where we'll put the link in the show notes, but where do we find your podcast? I'm on the same platform that you ladies are on. So it's anchor. Okay. So you're not yet on, but I bet you will be soon on Spotify and Apple. And I'm probably already on Spotify. I don't know about Apple. I'm episodes in. So I told myself after 10, I would figure out the next steps. I could see it happening. It it will be happening. So, all right. Good to know. We'll help you get Did over you, that hump. And then yeah. they, they just populate all the popular. Because we want more women to find you. Yeah. Now. yeah. I'm excited to be found. And it's it's baby steps. And I'm loving, I'm loving every second. I I feel like for many years I stopped giving myself a permission to have a voice. Uh, and mm. I am back and I am unapologetic. So here we go. <laughs> well, the world We're needs glad to have you, you back to Stedman. Thank yes. you. And we welcome you to the podcast Sisterhood. Yes. Thank you. Glad Over to be in Sisterhood. Sisterhood. For sure. Dialista Sisterhood. I love it. Yeah, we share just so much. And we're all talking about being visibly beautiful. Every day. Because we are. Go forth and be beautifully visible. (laughs) Thank you, Lisa. What a a pleasure. Such a pleasure. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for being here and listening to the entire Living Visibly Over 50 podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Your five-star rating, wink, wink, and review helps us reach more women so they too can get a confidence boost to show up and stand out over 50. And be sure to head over to simplebeautyminerals.com for your beauty and skincare needs and truecolorsbylinda.com to enroll in a color and style course. But wait, bonus! We are running a contest Leave us a written review on iTunes, screenshot your review, and message us to Instagram or Facebook, and you'll be entered into the contest. We'll choose a winner once a month who will receive a 15% gift code from both Lisa and Linda.